You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. It's so good to have you with me today. We're going to do what we always do. We're going to answer some phone calls. Um, We do actually have a new caller. I think it's A. I see two, but I think it's the same number. So why don't we get started with that? And uh, we'll get this thing kicked off as soon as I get to what I need. Filler, filler words, filler words, ready, here we go. Hey, man. Uh, hey. Zach up in the windy and cold city of Buffalo. Oh, nice. Surrounded by uh, Bill's Mafia up here. Nice. But uh, just wanted to give my input. Um, first time caller, long time listener. You know, nobody's really asked for it, but I just have a couple thoughts. That's you what know. the show's for. Personally. As everybody else has been stating, I really think that Joe Barry has to go. Yes. Head scratching higher from the get go, and honestly, it's been a disaster. Yep. That's the jump. You know, interestingly enough, and I, I had mentioned this when we hired him, you can't say definitively that he's going to be bad because of his record, right? That that was my stance. However, this better go well because his record, as you said, it speaks for itself. And if he comes in and fails, as he always has. Everyone's going to look at you, Matt LaFleur, like you're an idiot. <laughs> How did you not see this coming? So, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of hindsight, but that's the risk you take, uh, especially when he's one of your buddies. Um, that's going to make it even worse because people are going to start connecting the dots and saying, this wasn't a quality hire. This was, I want this scheme. I got a guy. I know a guy. And that was basically the full thing. And that's obviously not, uh, that's not good. I really feel that he's wasting the potential of all of our star players, you know, yep. Stokes and Jair. I don't know what's going on with Jair this year. It's honestly been a, a disappointment. You know, maybe he's not the all-star that we all thought he was. You know, he shows flashes, but then he gets cooked by, you know, number two wide receivers when he plays man on. So, I don't know. Kind of a sad situation with him. Um, Christian Watson. I honestly think he's playing like a true number one or an extremely complimentary number two. Super, super eager to see him and Dubs, Dobbs on the same field. Yeah, I'll, again, I'm I'm interrupting a lot because whenever I don't, and I'm like, I'm just going to let him talk so it's not rude and constantly messing up their flow. We get to the end of your voicemail, and you've said seven things, and I don't remember anything I was going to say, and the show sucks uh, more than it already does. So as far as the whole number one thing with Christian Watson – 
I think from a talent standpoint, which I think is exactly what you're talking about, I think you can make a strong case for that, at least what we've seen the last three weeks, definitely. But we still need that complementary piece. And I think we're doing a good job of patching it together with Cobb and Lazard and, and the tight ends and the running backs and everything else in the passing game. But you need that complement because Christian Watson at his best, more than likely, and not to say that it can't be this way, you look at the the best of the best guys like that, like Moss and Tyree Kill or whatever, but generally speaking, those guys, and it's the case with Watson as well, they're not getting five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten receptions like you'd see guys like Devontae getting. In other words, it's a different style of number one, and you can't build an offense around like his four receptions in a game. It's a lot of yards and touchdowns, but you're not able to sustain drives on those couple of receptions. So he is a great complimentary piece, and I don't mean that to be disparaging. I just mean he's he's a piece of the puzzle. He's a big piece of the puzzle, but you still need those guys, and that's why I get excited about Dobbs um, because of what he can be and the fact that he complements in terms of his skill set Christian Watson so much. So, again, talent-wise, yes, but we still need to get that that possession guy. Honestly, I think that it's going to be a very dangerous duo. Um, kind of a touchy subject, but I'm a serious Aaron Rodgers backer. He's the reason I am a Packers fan. Uh, I'm going to really hate to see him go when his tenure is done here. I truly think that the, the thumb injury has been at the root of most of his issues this season. And honestly, I hope that he can rest and heal and come back next year as, uh, you know, AR 12, the MVP that he used to be. Yep. Um, it's just sad, you know, the man plays through a lot of injuries and stuff like that, but sometimes it gets to a point where you gotta, you gotta know when to hang them up, you know, and let, uh, let the future roll in. I'm sure it's hard, especially with him in the farm situation. And that's, and that's part of the issue too, is, is the downplaying the thumb thing. And, and again, I know Rogers is just, he's just doing what he needs to do, but you know, a lot of the, the, the dust up that has occurred is, you know, partially from, the supporters are Rodgers, but partially from Rodgers himself, pretending like there is no issue. And it's, you know, that that kind of inflames the issue of, of clearly there is. It would have been so much easier if everybody, you know, the supporters of Rodgers and Rodgers himself are like, look, it's a struggle. I got a busted up thumb. I'll be all right. I'm doing my best. But yeah, I, I get that there's issues. Instead, it's like, there's no issue. I'm making all the throws. The wide receivers suck. I got no offensive line. It's like all the excuses and the BS... It's like, can we just get to the point where we're like, all right, it's a bad year, right? But hey, he's still Aaron Rodgers. He didn't just fall off a cliff out of nowhere. The thumb injury makes a lot more sense than, hey, he was MVP and now he's some subpar quarterback. So yeah, let him rest up. He'll come back next year. Real high chance, especially with these receivers. And and again, we're seeing it. Even with the busted up thumb, we have one of the more potent offenses right now. So I, I think you, you can have a lot of people seeing your side of it, myself included, um, taking that tact of it was a down year, but offensive lines figuring it out, wide receivers are figuring it out, and even though Rodgers is kind of you know occasionally some of these throws are a little wobbly and whatever, but come back next year fully healthy, this offense no limits. So bring back Rodgers, same offense, maybe a piece or two here or there. Get the defense right, defensive coordinator, maybe a piece. You know, obviously need to go safety and some other stuff. Um. But that'll get us back on track. I think most people are on board with that, even if they're somewhat um, worried about the future, worried about maybe Rodgers can't recover, worried about, okay, but it's one more year. Like, how long are we going to drag this out? Still, 
I think you, you you can make a real solid case for next year could be a really strong year. Um, and honestly, I really believe that the pool, uh, you know, of play that we've seen from Jordan Love is uh, far too slim to categorize him right. as anything right now. But hopefully, he'll get to play the stretch at yep. the end of the year here, and it'll, it'll show us a lot more. So, yeah, one of the things I'm going to mention on tomorrow's podcast, just to highlight that point. Jordan Love's biggest struggle against the Chiefs was what? It was pressure. They were constantly bringing pressure. They were constantly blitzing Jordan Love. Um, they did, The Philadelphia Eagles didn't know Jordan Love was coming, so they didn't make a game plan for him. I looked at the PFF stats. Jordan Love was, pressure, was, was blitzed zero times. He was under pressure twice despite not being blitzed, and he had a terrible PFF grade. He was 0 for 2 and whatever. I mean, obviously he didn't do anything super terrible, but... It just it just wasn't great. So, I mean, you just you connect the dots. Next where next week, whenever the week is that he plays, the plan is to blitz him more, to bring more pressure. He struggles under pressure, the whole thing falls apart, and suddenly this Jordan Love is the future, he's the answer, he's all that, goes to zero in a heartbeat, right? So we just gotta see how this thing pans out. But yeah, man, I mean, sorry there wasn't much substance to that call, just kinda echoing a lot of sentiments, but Oh, you're good. Like I said, long-time listener, first-time caller, love the podcast, man. Thanks, and uh, go back, go. I appreciate it. Zach's got another call, but we'll get your second call when we get to it. Let's go back up to the top, and did we leave off with... No, yeah, we, we did play Craig's second call because it was at the three-minute mark. So we'll start off with JJ at the top of the hour. Hey, Ryan. Been a minute. Wednesday morning. Nope, it's not. Um, Thursday. Listen, I've, I've arrived at the conclusion, finally, that Jordan Love really is the real deal. Nice. Um, you know, I'll tell you what, JJ has had, we just talked about this recently, he's had a lot of hot takes over the last, let's say, year. It's pretty shocking how many of them have been, like, right on the nose. <laughs> just, he's been pulling receipts like crazy lately, but... Um, that uh, who is calling me? That is not a uh, small endorsement. Getting it from Mister JJ. Is he going to be one of the greats in the NFL over the next decade or so? Don't know about that. Obviously, that's uh, something that really takes time and and a lot of other things to go right and. Just saying that he he's a starter. He is. I think that he he started a full season for us next year. I think he would be one of the twenty best quarterbacks in the NFL. Kind of not really any doubt in my mind about that. All right, top twenty quarterbacks. Um, just kind of want to get a general feel for what exactly that would mean. So if we kind of back out of this here, top 20 quarterbacks based on PFF grades this year. Mitch Trubisky is 20th. Dak Prescott is 19th. Ryan Tannehill is 18. Lamar is 17. Kirk Cousins is 22nd. So, I mean, some of these are surprisingly low, probably in such a weird year, but that's kind of where we're at. Jimmy Garoppolo, um, Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, Ryan Tannehill, 
Mitch Trubisky, although that was five games, but still, that's the range that we're talking about. So when you say top 20, it's like, well, top 20 kind of sucks, but kind of not really. Actually, let me let me filter out some of these. Um, all right, that changes it slightly. If you get rid of some of the quarterbacks that haven't played a ton, kind of in the Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Stafford, Derek Carr, Trevor Lawrence, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Daniel Jones range. So, yeah, I mean, that's, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 obviously not great, but he's a starter, which I guess is all you're saying. I had a lot of questions about him. Better than Fields, though. Let's just get that out of the way. For a long time. Watched him for a long time. And, uh, yeah, the, you know, the... The touchdown to Christian Watson was cool. The uh, dime that he threw to Aaron Jones that went right through his arms, that was cool. But there was just a lot of other stuff going on while he was out there that, like, finally just – I had been wondering about it all year since we saw him in the preseason. And it's like – I know you didn't like what you saw in the preseason, but it was – the specific ways in which he had improved were just really wow to me. Yeah. And, you know, watching his form uh, against the Eagles, yeah, still some areas to tighten up a little bit, but, like, he's there now. And he's got good vision. Man, the timing of when he was oh, throwing those passes. I saw that, too. That was everything. That's the ridiculous. just... Like that's how you get. That's how you get. Glad you pointed that out. And you know that it was great. He had zip on the ball. Like it was, he was throwing that freaking ball. He was on a rope. Yep. Just bam. He looked good. I thought he looked like a, looked like a man as well. Like he's kind of looked like a looked like a boy the last couple of years out there. Like he looked like a boy. <laughs> who's this kid that got there? Nah, nah. This is a grown up here, uh, Jordan Love now. Just really proud of uh, how far he's come and, and the improvement he's shown. So, does he need to be our starter next year? Obviously, big question, but I like what I'm saying. Yeah, I went back and looked at the Dusty Evely thing, just kind of going through his plays, and the the anticipation stood out to me too. And that's been a big thing with Rodgers in, in terms of you understand what the play is, you see what the defense is, you should be able to anticipate. That's the whole thing. One of the plays that he showed was come, kind of coming off his first read, coming off his second read, going to his third, nothing there, check down, and he did it quick. There was not a lot of panic back and forth, and oh, I don't really know. It was just nope, 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 check down. There was, I mean, it's just it's programmed into his brain, but there was a pass to Christian Watson, not the touchdown, but a maybe it was the did he have another one to Watson, or was it the touchdown? It might have been the touchdown pass. Either way, it probably was a touchdown pass. If you look at when he just just I, I I slowed it down and I backed it up. By the time Watson came out of his break, the ball was almost out of his hand already. He had made the decision because of the defense, where they're standing, where they're going, what the what all that he knew he was going to Christian Watson. He started cocking his arm long before Watson came out of his break. So he's he's the throwing motion has begun. He hasn't moved his he hasn't come out of his break yet. By the time he comes out of his break, the ball is out of his hands and heading toward Christian Watson. Why? Because he knew 
based on reading the defense and understanding what the play is and where Christian Watson was going to be, that he would eventually become open. And, and he clearly was not open at the time he started throwing. So, yeah, his, his reading of everything and understanding of everything and anticipation and accuracy and poise was really impressive. And, and I think the biggest thing on top of that is just the fact that it was consistent. Even on the plays that weren't great, they were still impressive. You know, the, the again, the throw to Cobb probably should have been out a little bit further, but breaking the pocket, keeping your eyes downfield, throwing on the run off your back foot across your body. And yeah, it was a couple feet off and also a penalty on the defense that didn't get called. I mean, that would be considered one of his bad plays. <laughs> and and like you said, with the velocity, even on that play, the, the, the zip coming out of his hand, it just, it's flying out of his hand. So consistency is going to be the biggest thing, you know. Um, it was a, it was a great small sample size of consistency, but obviously we need more of that throughout the course of a season to to know for sure. But yeah, I'm I'm excited. Um, I'm excited to see the kinds of things that he can do. Hey, what do you think about uh, that there Zach Wilson guy? <laughs> Told you hey. about pulling receipts. <laughs> I think uh, I think the Packers. Someday we'll go after him for their, uh, you know, third, fourth, fifth string quarterback. Yeah, maybe. Might be something there, man. Last year, I mentioned I hated Zach Wilson because he was the reason I couldn't say Justin Fields was the worst quarterback in football, and that's basically the case all over again. Um, Justin Fields ranks 36th. Out of 38 quarterbacks, Taylor Heineke and Zach Wilson are the only two with worse passing grades than uh, Justin Fields. So I need him to get out of the league, and I need Taylor to get his head out of his you-know-what so that I can get back to trashing Justin as being the worst quarterback in football. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty bad with Zach Wilson, he, and that's saying something when you're talking about a Jets quarterback because they're only bad out there. But even for a Jets quarterback, it's, it's pretty bad, man. And um, I know... Ian Rappaport had mentioned something about the yips. In other words, just kind of he's up in his own head too much. He's he's thinking too much or not enough or whatever the issue is. And um, I don't know that you can necessarily pull yourself out of that. I wonder if it's maybe the the big stage out in New York, although the Giants don't have as much of a problem. You had Eli and I think this uh, uh, Jones fella's doing doing a decent enough job. But you know how Rodgers was kind of talking about, you know, not wanting to talk about the rookies too much because you, you hype them up too much and then it kind of you set the bar too high imagine the pressure that christian watson was under and then amplify it by new york city <laughs> i mean it's that's a lot of pressure um to be the quarterback for for the new york jets so i don't know i don't know man but they they cannot find a quarterback to save their lives and and they need to because they actually, for the first time in, in a while, have a pretty good roster and, and a roster that can win for sure. I mean, we're seeing that already, even though they don't have a quarterback. But, yep, you nailed that one, JJ. He said that Zach Wilson was trash and would never be anything or something to that effect, and uh, seems as though you will be proven correct. Hey, Ryan, this is uh, Nevin from Iowa. Hey, Nevin. And I'm just calling in. I keep get your thoughts on this. I keep hearing about how... It's just impossible for Aaron Rodgers to be traded, but then I also hear that, well, after June 1st, it's more plausible. Yeah. One scenario I want you to think over, maybe maybe I'm just being unrealistic. What if the Raiders cut David Carr 
and made a trade for Rodgers. The fact is that Rodgers is back with Adams. Uh, he also wanted to play with McDaniels. I didn't know if that would be even in the realm of possible of possibility or not. Uh, just get your thoughts on it. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, so the the June 1st thing, I mean, we're talking about different things in terms of it being impossible. Um, there's impossible contractually and impossible just realistically. So in terms of his contract, he is tradable. And uh, the cap hit would be manageable. Obviously, after June 1st would make it even more manageable. I think it's $16 million against the cap, um, which would be a, a massive reduction. I think either way, it's a reduction in his cap hit if he gets traded, whether it's prior to June 1st or after, I think. I don't know. Um, the the bigger issue of it being impossible is the fact that Rodgers doesn't want to be traded and can just simply say no at any point that he wants, not because of a no-trade clause in his contract. I mean, the, the Packers can engage in a trade if they want to, but all he has to do is talk with the team and say, I'm not coming there, and then the, the trade goes to to zero. But I, I do think the Raiders thing, all, I mean, we're we're out in a conspiracy theory land, but um, if we were to draw up scenarios in which maybe Rodgers would, would agree, this would be one of the only ones I could even consider. Uh, the New England Patriots with Bill Belichick, uh, just because he respects the guy, and he's a great head coach and all that. Um, being reunited with Devontae would be another one. I don't think he would do it. Devontae's the one that left, and it seems kind of pathetic for him to be like, hey, I'm back, and Devontae's like, dude, I kind of wanted to be with Carr. That's why I came out here. But yeah, great. Hey, welcome back, dude. Um, but yeah, I mean that that would be one of the potentially few things. And 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 the other, if we add to this storyline of how this could possibly happen, is if Rodgers was really mad at the Packers organization. If they said we're moving on, we're going with Jordan Love, and um, you know, the opportunity arose to go out to the Raiders. Potentially, he could look at it and say, I'm going to go out, get reunited with Devontae. We're going to shred the league, and I'm going to show everybody that the Packers are idiots and that I was the thing that made that thing go. Be the only thing I could think. But, um, I mean, we're, we're talking about a, a long, 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 long shot. Number one, the Packers would have to want to trade him. Number two, Carr would have to get cut. Number three, Rodgers would be willing to get traded to the Raiders. The Packers would be willing to trade him to the Raiders. I mean, there's just there's so many things. Um, that would have to fall in line. But uh, of all the scenarios in which he does get traded, and there are very, very few, that's one of the few in which there's le- more than a 0% chance. Let's just say that. Hey, Ryan. Uh, this is Aaron. Hey. Uh, I don't really do social, so I can't post anywhere about the Quay Walker jersey. I just want to thank you for that. Yeah. Um, I think I, it's really awesome how you actually get involved with the fans and whatnot, and uh, have giveaways as such. And I also think that Fertile Ground is a really awesome thing. And I little plug, people should donate and give money to it. <laughs> if not to win the Paul Horning jersey, because it is a real thing, just do it because it's a good organization. Anyways, on to the Packers. Appreciate um, that. Appreciate that, Aaron. That's uh, very nice of you, and I appreciate the donation. Uh, everybody that's given, it's um, you know, obviously it's not anybody's obligation to do that. So whenever they do, it's it's always. I try to remain blown away because you know, 
it's hard to be as like, whoa, this is crazy as like the first time I got a donation. But it really is pretty remarkable that um, I'm just talking into a microphone talking about Packers and, and we can do things like this, whether it's a donation for me on Patreon or a donation for a charity or, or for whatever it is. It's um, still pretty remarkable that there is that much of a reach that uh, people would, that it would move the needle, I guess. So after seeing Jordan Love play, I'm, like, really excited. I want him to finish out the season. Yeah. Okay? I really want to see what he has when the season is still technically alive. Because the amount of pressure that he would face right now versus when we are eliminated is something completely different. So I want to see what he has, how he responds to the situation of we need to win in order to stay alive. Rather than, okay, no pressure, just season's over. If we lose out, we lose out. If we win, we win. That's great. Um, but at the same time, nothing to me sounds better than an injured Aaron Rodgers on Percocet <laughs> going into Chicago and just being blazed out of his mind yes. and ripping apart the Bears. Yes. As much as I want to see Jordan Love yeah. play, that sounds like the greatest thing as a Packer fan, we can possibly have. No, I'm 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 100 with you. I'm I'm all in on Jordan Love. Not necessarily taking over for the future. I'm not, you know, maybe, but I don't know. But just as far as this year, 100. But if we could make an agreement that after this game, you know, you know, we get a bye week, and then after that, it's all Jordan Love. That would be ideal because I I do want to see uh, I do want to see Rogers play this game against the Bears. Sorry, I just saw an accident. Oh. Okay, anyways, it wasn't me who got in the accident. No, that's all it matters. But I hope they're all okay. Screw that guy. Sorry, uh, distractions. Anyways, (laughs) yeah. Um, Get get Rodgers on some Percocets, go into Soldier Field, and just knock them out, and then put Jordan Love in. Yep. See what I'm saying? No, I get it. Anyways. I'm with you. Thanks for the jersey. Uh, you guys, uh, everyone at the Packernet Network is awesome. And bye. <laughs> Sorry if we offended you. Uh, no, I appreciate the call. And I, I will say this too, though. I really want to see Aaron Rodgers take on the Bears. I really kind of want to see Jordan Love do it too, though. So I, I wouldn't be super upset. Now, if we end up losing because of Jordan Love, that would suck. But um, because it's such a low bar, it does feel like you could put Jordan Love out there and he could lead the Packers to victory against the Chicago. It just feels right, you know? Like, how do you want to officially start-start his career? Against the Bears? In a game that he almost can't lose because the Bears just don't have anybody anymore and they might not even have their starting quarterback, which as much as that sounds like a good thing, at least he can run and he's actually really good at it. Um. So I, 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 either way, I guess I'm fine with it. It's going to be after this week where it's going to be like, all right, there's only one right answer here. Mm. Hey, what's up, buddy? Hey, man. Uh, this is Nico. What's up, Ryan? Didn't mean to surprise you. So, um, I haven't talked to you in a day, so I figured I'd call you back. Uh, so, you know, yes, a lot of people now are like freaking out. I, I kind of am, and I had this epiphany today. It's like we're so worried about keeping love and Rogers. 
You know, if we, what if Rodgers stays two more years? You can't keep love. Well, I mean, you know, we as Packer fans have a very unique perspective. We can look back to 2008. Let's just say Favre stayed two more years with the Packers. Okay. And they just kept Rodgers. Um, it still would have been worth it because look how good Rodgers has been, would have been from 10 to now, right? Um, you know, quarterbacks can play a lot longer than they did this 20. Um, so my wife just called. <laughs> so many distractions today. Hey, let me call you back. Oh, jeez. Okay. Hey, man. Right, so, there we go. Me again. What's up, Ryan? How hey, you doing, how you did? It's good. Um, yeah. So, like, yeah, let's say Rodgers would have, or uh, Favre would have stayed two more years and played like he did. Let's face it, he had a good year two years later uh, in, in Minnesota. Who knows? Maybe he could have won a Super Bowl in 2010, right? And we'd have been all happy. Yay, Favre won the Super Bowl. Cool. So it would have been worth it to keep Rodgers because we know now looking back that Rodgers is going to be good for another 12 years. And I'll take a 12-year, you know, high-caliber quarterback. So, like, what if Rodgers stays next year and maybe one more year? I say keep love if you can because if he leaves and is amazing, we will never hear the end of it, like ever, ever, ever. And if he stays and sucks, cut him and start scratch, you know? Like, the reward the reward is too big to let him go. I mean, I, you know what? I don't care about the – I don't care about all the salary cap junk. It seems like the only people worrying about salary cap is us fans. And, you know, you have the, oh, it's, it's real, it's real, you're going to, yeah, whatever. I, I get it, but you know what? You can, I mean, look at New Orleans a couple of years ago. They were $100 million over the cap right for the season. And snip, snip, cut, cut, they were they, they made it in fine. And even signed big people. And they didn't turn into the Jets or the Browns or the Jaguars. They still remain pretty good with a total crappy quarterback. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not worried about the cap. You know another reason why I don't worry about the cap? Because I've heard enough ex-NFL players basically say, ah, don't worry about it. Because they know that they get theirs when they can. They know that it looks worse than it is. They, I've heard more than one ex-NFL player pretty much say, eh, the cap's kind of fake. Now, I don't think it's fake, but I don't think the sky is falling like all the idiots on Facebook. I think uh, players don't really buy into the cap stuff because the cap interferes with their contracts. <laughs> and so they get a lot of excuses, and they tend to not buy into the excuses. So I guess I'm just saying they're slightly biased, but, you know. That just drove me. Ask an NFL GM if the cap's real. I think they'll have a different perspective. Crazy for years. Just, oh, the cap, the cap, the cap. We signed this guy. We can't sign this guy. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, whatever. Um. I kind of want us always to be slightly strung out because I think that's really how you keep it going. You, you can't always just draft new people and they, they're awesome and, you, you know, you're getting uh, great play before they, you know, expect a big paycheck. Um, you've got to kind of string out the best and stuff. So whatever. Uh, so I, I think we can keep them. I think we can keep love. And like I said, if, if he ends up being as good and let's say he has two years less starting, man, I'll, I'm okay with that because, shoot. By the time Jordan Love's been in the league 10 years, you probably won't even be able to tackle a quarterback. Maybe they can play to the 50, you know? And uh, it, it sort of mirrors that time when Rodgers came in at the Dallas game. Uh, yeah, Love, that was a small small uh, sample size, but I, I really liked what he did. His decision-making, even back in the Kansas City game, I thought his decision-making was good because he was getting just bull-rushed. 
24-7. And he threw the ball on the ground a couple times, knowing, oh, we're done. And a lot, lot of rookies. I didn't see no just. All right, third call. Here we go. Nico, go. Oops, got cut off. But I remember Justin Fields this first year, you know, making quick decisions. All right, let's, let's, let's stop here for a second because I want to touch on the uh, salary cap thing. You're right to say that, you know, people worry about the cap and then everything's fine. But what, what essentially that means is they find a way to get under the cap, right? So it's not that teams won't be able to get under the cap. It, it's, it's a question of what they're going to have to do to get there. So there, there's, there's, in a sense, I agree, you can do whatever you want and get under the cap. I think you can do whatever you want, but you can't do everything you want. So for example, I don't know what kind of restaurants you go to, but I'm just going to throw this number out there. If you go to the restaurant with 50 bucks, you can pretty much get whatever you want, but you can't get everything you want. I can and order any item on this menu and I'll be fine. But if I get the $45 steak, I'm getting water and no dessert and no appetizers. If I get the $20 cheeseburger, well, I got plenty of money for the, the appetizers and can even get a nice Coke and a slice of cake. That's what we're talking about. So you're right. I mean, it's not that because of the salary cap, we can't do anything. If you want to keep Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers, you, you're right. You can do it. The question is at what cost, and there is a cost. I mean, it's it's that's sort of the the you know the um, the people who say that the cap is fake will look out and say, I don't see any any fires anywhere. Well, there's an invisible cost. There's a whole sea of players out there that are on other teams that would have been on your team that aren't on your team because you didn't go get them because you didn't have the money to do it. But I can't use that as an argument against you because I never saw it because it never happened and I have no way of knowing that. I don't know what would have happened because we didn't do it. But I mean, we, we can very obviously look at, at the situation with Devontae. Look at how many players are on our team right now that we know we absolutely could not have afforded without Devontae, right? So, so there is always a give and take. It's a zero-sum game. It's, it's, it's a flat amount of money. And you can kind of tweak some things, but everything has an effect. Even some of the stuff, the, the maneuvers we made, we're, we're paying for it today. So even though we acted like it had no effect back then, we're seeing now that it does. So again, that, that's the best way that I can phrase it. You can do anything you want with the salary cap, but you can't do everything you want. All right, continue. This is like that. And even last night, he was, or last night, last game, he was making some quick ones, you know. And like this, another guy mentioned, that pass to Watson. Yeah, how many passes has Rogers thrown in, during this season? Where they were wide open, and but they had to slide to catch it or slow down to yeah. catch it. He hit him in stride, just hit him perfectly. So uh, a little missed at Rogers because I think had he come out, you know, seven or whatever games going to say, hey, my thumb's broke, he could have probably sat out a month, and maybe we wouldn't have lost five or six games straight. Um, just let's face it, he was throwing some ducks, man. Yeah. Maybe maybe Love could have split that, and then we'd still be in playoff contention. He could have come back. You know, maybe right about now is when he'd be healthy. He could have come back and and been the far of old, or the the Rogers of old. So a little missed at Rogers for that, but he has sort of made statements lately saying, "Hey, you know what? I understand once we're out of the playoff contention, a whole different, you know, everything's changed." I know he really wants to play the Bears because I I would love to see him beat the Bears, even if this is the last time. Uh, maybe after that, I think he knows Love has to play some games. And I'll be honest, if 
let's say we beat the Bears, and if they just keep Rodgers starting the entire rest of the season and don't try Love out, ah, uh, that's I don't know. Is that a Murphy thing? Is that a is that a I think I think Lafleur would want to play Love, you know. I think Lafleur might be a better coach with Love. So I don't know whose fault that would be, but um, I mean, it can't be Rogers' fault because he's gonna he's gonna want to play. I expect him to want to play. Right. You know, let's say we lose to the Bears. I know, fit, barf. Then we're out. Uh, then maybe he should rest the system. Yeah. Um, do I want to lose to the Bears? Heck no. Um, but uh, that is a good point. As much as everybody, most people are on board with. Um, wanting to beat the Bears, there's two arguments that would be, you know, why there's probably some fans who are more than likely being a little bit quiet right now because they don't want to blast it out there. But not only draft picks, but if we beat the Bears, Rodgers likely potentially continues to play the season. If we lose to the Bears, almost I I have a higher, much higher level of confidence that after the bye we're going to see Jordan Love. Something to think about, I guess. Uh if it takes that for love to play the rest of the season, man, I, I mean, I guess I know what a Bears fan's been feeling like the last 30 years, you know, the losing season and all. Anyways, um, really all I got to say, um, the future is bright. I actually am wearing shades and, uh, you know, uh, go pack, go, uh, all you need is love. That is correct. Mm-hmm. And, um, I can't think of anything else to say. So, hey, right? Have a good one. Hope a lot of people call in and say funny things. Where's Scuba Steve? Where the heck is Scuba Steve? I've heard Scuba Steve in weeks. Right? <sighs> All right. Well, uh, you have a great day, sir. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to uh, arguing with myself. Peace. Sounds good. Yeah, we should have taken a break a while ago so I can stretch out these uh, these calls a little bit. Um, but, yeah, j- just to put it in, in visualizing terms, um, you know, we want to see Jordan Love, and it's like, well, we need to see him soon. We need to see him this week if we want to get a picture of Jordan Love. There's five games left. There's six weeks, but we have a bye week. There's five games left. We're not going to see him in this game. Okay, there's four games left. If we beat the Bears, we're not going to be eliminated. It's it's not going to happen. I mean, after our bye week. And if we're basing it on not being eliminated, then Rodgers comes back, and he plays the Rams. And so if we, lo- if we lose to the Rams, we only see three games. It's not that many games. I and mean, we're almost getting to the point now where it's like, well, now it doesn't even matter. Might as well just play Rodgers throughout the season because, you know, that, that wanting to see Jordan Love to be able to assess him, this isn't enough games. And that's if we beat the Rams. Rams are playing like crap. So then what? He plays against the Dolphins. We lose to the Dolphins in Miami. And we see Love for the last two games against Minnesota. So his first game, he comes in and gets wrecked by Zadarius and the Vikings. That's going to suck. And then we play Detroit, and maybe we beat Detroit. Maybe we don't. I mean, it's just, it just doesn't feel good. It just, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm going back and forth with myself now, but I'm, I'm looking at it now just saying we probably should just shut Rodgers down. It would be much better to have love come in against Chicago, have a good outing, beat Chicago in Chicago, get a bye week, get a full extra bit of preparation against the Rams. We play the Rams well. You'll have the extra opportunity to learn and understand and come up with a game plan. And, you know, maybe we can get Jordan Love to go 2-0 and before we have to face Miami and Miami. And, and, you know, who knows? But 
at least it's going to be positive. I, I would just hate for it to be, you know, we drag this thing out and then we don't even get eliminated until week 17 in January. Um, well, I guess it would be De- December 25th on Christmas. We would be eliminated probably against Miami if we're even eliminated. I don't know. If we beat the Bears and beat the Rams and then lose to the Dolphins, is that going to be enough? Who knows? It depends on other teams. Maybe we won't even be eliminated then. Um, but then you got Minnesota, and that's going to be almost a sure loss for Jordan Love. Um, I mean, who knows? Maybe the defense starts to play better and the, the offense continues going. But I don't know. It's it's two games, and Jordan Love has a bad day because it's the Vikings, and then everyone starts trashing Jordan Love, and ha-ha, you guys thought he was good, and he sucks. Blah, and then he's got one game to play. And then if that doesn't go well, then we got all off season of just you know, everybody talking about love is no good and we got to get a new quarterback and I don't know. I just feel like it's it's not going to be a good situation. Now, the other the other thing would be obviously that if we lose to the Bears, then it would be four games. Still not great, but at least you have the full bye week to say, okay, we're shutting it down. We got an extra week to prepare with Jordan Love and get that up to speed and get our game plan in order here and and, and attack it. But... Again, the negative is beating the Bears because I just I just don't see a positive outcome for Jordan Love in that scenario. I just don't. I mean, the, the only real positive scenario is we actually win out, and we'll see how it goes. Anyways, um, why don't we take a break? It's a very late break. We'll probably only do one or two calls on the other side, but we should probably do it either way. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy if you'd like to support the podcast. As has been mentioned, fertilegroundranch.org. Please consider checking them out, reading up. Uh, and again, you can give as little as $1 per month or a one-time donation. But any and all support would be greatly appreciated. You could do one-time $1. After fees, it wouldn't be very much, but it's something and it's better than nothing. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Bag Daddy, it's Jersey Mike again. Hey. <laughs> I just, I got a real kick at whoever it was that said, uh, Aaron Rodgers is not that smart. He's just a <laughs> moron. Um, I, I, I got, I got to chime in on this. So, okay. I myself consider myself intelligent. Uh, I, I, I hope the people around me believe the same. But one of the funniest things has been, uh, when I like, I thought about, okay, intelligent people, what, what, what are the differences between intelligent people and stupid people? Right. And I, I figured it out. Nice. There's not much that separates stupid people from <laughs> smart people. I'm serious. Uh, generally, the smart people are really, really proficient because their brain has some kind of quirk. Like they've got a super sharp snapshot memory where they can, you know, photo recall everything and see everything and remember everything. You've got people who are really good at mathematics and whatnot, and the numbers just appear in their heads. Like that, those are the smart kind of people, and and those kinds of people. Uh, I forget the the story, but there's this super. I think she's like the highest IQ woman yeah. ever. Uh, in our generation, or in a past few generations. Um, I forget her name. She's lived in California. Um, extremely, extremely intelligent. Well, this extremely intelligent, high IQ genius woman who started her own business, um, she had this boyfriend or husband or whatever, and she liked to drink a lot. And I guess they had gotten separated or something because he couldn't put up with her anymore. I guess when you're super smart, you can kind of be brash. Yes. And long story short, she wanted to get back with him. So she would constantly go outside his house and try to talk to him when he came outside the house, right? And one day he he went on vacation, right? And he comes home and or or his somebody he went to feed his dog or something like that and they smelled this awful smell in the house. Um and so they they called, you know, the the police or whatever. Anyway, it ended up that she had gotten drunk and really wanted to get into the house to, to see her ex. And in all her brain, she climbed up onto the roof and down the freaking chimney. And I don't know if you know anything about chimneys, but they start out small at the bottom, get larger at the top. So as she made her way down, she, you know, got stuck and then slowly kept falling into the cracks. That that is a super high Q high IQ moron. Um so I maybe that's Aaron Rodgers. Too stupid for his own good. That is a horrible story that you have just shared with us all, Jersey Mike. That's horrible. <laughs> I will say that I, I saw see now now you got me wanting to look into like intelligence and everything, because I know there are people that study this and I want to know more about it and how it works and what it even is. Um but I do remember watching a show one time about the guy who has like the highest IQ that's alive. And he ended up marrying somebody else that's got a really high IQ. I think there's, what is that thing called? The, uh, is that like club you can get in if you, but you have to have like a 150 IQ or something. I don't know. Anyways, I was shocked because there's just nothing special about the guy, you know, like he had a really high IQ. It was documented. 
and um, it's not like he made a ton of money. And I think he just like lived on a farm somewhere and just did like farm stuff and just kind of hung out. And it was really boring because aside from having something in his brain that works really well and proficient, uh, he's just a dude. And there was nothing interesting about that dude. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, it's interesting. I, I, I guess I'm kind of confused now because it's like, on one hand, it's, it's refuting the call. I think it was Nate refuting the call that he's dumb because it's like, Hey, you don't have to be special to be intelligent. You can be intelligent and stupid, but at the same time, you're kind of going along with what Nate said, because it's like, I mean, he's, he, I think Rogers is intelligent, but intelligence doesn't mean anything. In fact, he could still be a complete idiot and be intelligent, which is again, why it's like there's different kinds. And I, I don't know. I don't know. Just, just uh, shoot for wisdom. Let's just go with that. It seems like the best option. Go ahead. You had more to say, Jersey Mike? Hey, Pack Daddy. It's Jersey Mike again. Hey, man. <laughs> again? You... I hope there's no chimney stories this time, Jersey Mike. Got me laughing. I, whoever that podcast that you went on, um, hey, if you want to send a link so I can go listen to their uh, stupidity. I don't want to. Uh, mental health awareness is definitely a thing we have to look out for, yeah, right? Right. But coming from somebody who had to live in New Jersey, for more than more than I wanted to, right? Because it's the worst freaking place on earth. <laughs> and I'll I'll be honest, I had some some mental health issues growing up that I had to to seek counseling and and a few other things for. Right Same here. Um, we all did, I think. Everybody. Guess did. what? They, they teach you something. It's to not give a crap about what people say about you right. because it don't freaking matter. So if if we're if we're gonna coddle people and say, oh, Justin Fields is trash, no, you can't say that because my mommy said that I'm special. Then you know what? You don't belong in the NFL and you don't belong commentating on the NFL. If these people can't stomach it, well, guess what? Football ain't that kind of sport. This was built for men, not little sissies. So uh, you you don't know. <laughs> Bag Daddy, we we love you. you yeah, we we love your takes. Keep on keep on keeping on. You guys are going to get me in trouble here. You can't say little sissies, Jersey Mike, all right? That has probably all kinds of implications. I don't even know. I don't even know what I'm going to get in trouble for here. But I'm sure you said about eight things that if I don't instantly denounce you right now, and I will, because preserving my podcast is more important than you, Jersey Mike, um, I just want everybody to know that that man does not represent this podcast, and I am ashamed of him, and he's horrible. And he talks about chimneys, and it's gross. Uh, no, I'm just kidding, Jersey Mike. I don't care. The heck was I going to say? There was something, um, oh, yeah, to your point. I went through some stuff too, extremely serious stuff in like high school age. Um, and I you know, obviously talked to a lot of different people, different doctors, different this, different that, di- all kinds of diagnoses and medications and all the stupid, nothing helped. And I think I've mentioned this before. Best advice I ever got from anybody was from my dad, who at one point just kind of blurted out, nobody cares about you. <laughs> and it, and he was right. And honestly, that, it, 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 it's, as far as like social anxiety and stuff, because I had described to him the thoughts that I had, like it's just on a, on a moment to moment, minute to minute, second to second basis, you know, when I'm at school and everything. And he's just like, nobody cares about you. Like you think people are, constantly thinking about you, nobody cares. And it's true. Nobody cares. 
Nobody cares. Nobody cares. And honestly, that's even true on social media. Like when people are attacking you on social media, it feels so personal. That person attacking you doesn't care about you. Like it's just, it's just a fleeting thing like in the moment. Like I saw something and it ticked me off and I said something mean and now I'm going to go about my life. They don't care about you. So as deep of a cut as it feels, it's not. They just, they just can't control themselves and are just flying around, just bouncing off of things. But to your point, yeah, everything is so serious. Like everything is such a big deal. Every word, every thought, everything you do is, is taken to 11. And all it takes is one person to say so. Who else was it that said that? Like, I think it was in this thread. So, so the guy that, <laughs> it's kind of a funny thing. The guy that did this half hour lecture about mental health and how I shouldn't say, he didn't say it directly again. It was indirect. But after I said Fields is trash, he and his, his partner who do a Packers podcast went on a diatribe about their podcast. They focus on mental health, et cetera, et cetera. That's the backstory here if you missed it. Well, he, those two or one of the two or whatever, spent the entire next day just lashing out, just losing it. Uh, with with several of the other people that were on this podcast, including including one of the the girls that was on the podcast, who actually has a podcast on mental health, they started going at her real hard, name calling and screaming. And, I mean, just very emotionally fragile. Um, couple of guys, seemingly, I don't know, but but I think that's kind of a big part of what all this is is emotional fragility. That's the reason we need everybody to be very careful with their words because everybody is so unbelievably sensitive. And that's the problem. Rather than trying to take away all the sharp edges in the world, why don't you freaking toughen up? How about that? We can't smooth all the corners for you, okay? We can't do that. That's not a thing we can do. So toughen up, right? We can draw lines and say, yeah, there's certain things, you know, you can't, certain things on social media are horrible and, and shouldn't happen. But there, there, we, we can't go to such extremes that if we're just talking trash about another team and it's like, yeah, that dude's trash, and you're just kind of talking off the cuff, if that's crossing the line and we got to like stop the podcast, like, whoa, we got to have a conversation about mental health. It's like, you know what? This is, uh, this, is getting to, this is getting into stupid territory now. This is stupid. Not doing this. You know, there, there was an incident on Packers Twitter where there was a, and I don't know anything about the backstory, but apparently a, a, one of the girls on their mom has passed away and somebody made a joke about it. Okay, that's over the line. Now, it'd still be good to, to be tough in those situations, but I'm certainly not going to tell her to toughen up. But we can't take that to the extreme of just, you can't say anything anymore. Especially, again, in the context. Let's understand the context. It's a rivalry. We talk trash all the time. It's what we do. Just annoying to constantly be stopped. Like, oh, oh, don't say, oh, yeah, mm, can't say it. No, oh, ooh, yeah, I shouldn't say it. Yeah, I can't say that. can't say that. Leave me alone. I have said it before. I will say it again. Justin Fields is trash. I'll say it like Jersey Mike. He's trash. It's kind of a similar to how they say it in Chicago, too, I think. Similar, similar twang to it. Do I have a problem with Justin Fields as a human being? No. Do I want harm to come to Justin Fields? No. And I shouldn't have to put these stupid caveats on things. Because some other people out there are psychopaths, and when they say Justin Fields is trash, they literally mean they want him to die in a fiery inferno. But I didn't say that, and I don't mean that, and I don't have anything to do with that. I'm talking about football, and I'm just talking. I mean, when he throws a football, it sucks. That's what I mean. 
So generally speaking, if you hear me say things and you don't like it and you think that I'm going to apologize for it, you're probably mistaken. Probably. Could be wrong. I don't know. Try it out. Reach out to me and say, hey, this hurt my feelings. See how it pans out. You never know. You might be surprised. Probably will be surprised with my response, to be honest. Anyways, Mike, you're getting me all hot and bothered here. What's going on? Speaking of Mike, what's uh, what's what's the other Mike doing? Good morning, Ryan. Hey. Mike Hebring, a.k.a. Packers Super Fan. What's going on, Mike? Ryan, just wanted to uh, give you a call, quick call quick in regards to Jordan Love versus Aaron Rodgers starting and, and kind of what's left of the season. And, okay. And uh, best course of action moving forward here. I'm like most. Like you, I think, and like most, I am just salivating at that uh, top five draft pick. Yeah, man. I mean, I think the Bears are sitting at number two right now or potentially could be uh, shooting for number two. Um, I wouldn't, you know, if Rodgers does start this weekend, um, I'm still in the camp that I want these losses. Uh, Now, again, I'm not talking about the team tanking. That's not what I'm talking about. What I am talking about is if they just happen to lose the game, I think it's the best case scenario for us at this point. Because uh, I do want that top five draft pick at this point. Yeah. Um, however, I will say, if Jordan Love does start some of these games, especially if he starts soon, maybe not this week, but if he after the bye comes back and does start after that and plays the last four or five games, Whatever's left, I think it's four games, actually, after this week. Um, The best-case scenario for this team is for Jordan Love to play well and for the Packers to win. Yeah. Um, It is kind of a weird thing, right? There's there's a hierarchy of of best-case scenarios, and it's like in this scenario, it's it's like the best thing that can happen, and maybe this is what you're about to say, but it's, it's just to kind of illustrate how weird it is. The best thing, Jordan Love plays and we win out the season. The next best thing, Aaron Rodgers plays and we lose out the season. <laughs> the next best thing is Aaron Rodgers plays and we win out the season. The next best thing is Jordan Love, or the worst thing, Jordan Love plays and we lose out the season. Or or whatever order. I'm, I'm just saying, like, it's, it's, it's kind of weird the way that that works. And my thought process is, you know, if jo- it, forget the draft picks. If Jordan Love proves, or at least comes close to proving, that he is the future, if he comes in and tears it up, there's no pick in the draft that can compensate for that. That is that is the best pick, because we just got a, a, a high-quality quarterback. After that, you're kind of dancing around with the best possible scenario, and it, it probably is going to be a pick. And that's why I said Rodgers plays and we, and we lose out, because if Jordan Love plays and we lose out, it's probably because Jordan Love really sucks. And that that the suck of that is going to overshadow the benefit of the the high pick so anyways sorry to interrupt continue please i hate to say that that's probably the 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 thing that we we really want to see i mean because you've said it many times and i'm in 100 percent agreement there's nothing more important to this team yeah right now or in the very near future than the success of jordan love right there's nothing else that even compares to it yep um because if, if if he does play and plays and does not play well, I mean we're back to square one at the quarterback position, and uh, not to say that that's uh, not to say that's catastrophic, but it's not where you want to be. Um, so again, I'm all in for the losses until Love 
plays. And then when Love starts playing, I'm going to be hoping they win these games. So um, excited to see how they finish. And uh, can't wait again. Can't wait for draft season. Go back, go. Yeah, and, and that's such a weird stance to have. And I could absolutely see like a, a you know, I don't even know how to phrase it, but but in the whole Rogers love war going on, the the Rogers side of it, looking at that as as evidence that you're just a Rogers hater, like you want to lose just because of the draft pick. But then when when Jordan loves in, suddenly it's not about the draft pick. Like you're just a hater. No, I mean that that is the rationale. As as admittedly stupid as it sounds, it's 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 sort of that futurist mentality. What is going to help our future the most? Well. You want the draft picks. Well, what about when Jordan Love comes in? Well, the future is better off with a great Jordan Love. So, I mean, technically you could say, well, hopefully we lose out with Jordan Love, but he still turns into a a, a freakish quarterback. Well, yeah, but in terms of what we hope to see, we'd hope to see a, a, a evidence of a great Jordan Love. Um, I mean, if you're just telling me to sort of pick and choose my my reality as it unfolds in the future. Yeah, that okay, fine. We lose out and then, you know, get a number 1 overall pick, don't take a quarterback and uh Jordan Love is is elite. That would be that would be my pick, but I can't necessarily hand pick it. So, it's a very weird conclusion you came to, Mike, but I tend to agree with you. Um we'll do one more. Let's do one more. We're going to need some calls though cuz we're getting short. Hey, Ryan. Hey. Uh First, I hope everything's okay at the house and that sewage backup, that sucks, man. It does I, uh, suck a little bit. I had sewage backup a few years ago in my house and my whole basement was full of poop water and yep. uh, nothing worse to clean up than that. So hopefully yours wasn't quite that bad and and uh, hopefully no, no real damage. No, I, as much as I don't want to talk about poop water on the podcast, um, it was it was minimal. It's It seemed... Horrible. I mean, again, I was I was literally falling asleep, and my wife's like, "Hey, get up!" And I'm like, "No, I don't want to. I'm, not, I'm literally not doing it." And you know, you find out it's backing up in the shower, which is just disgusting. And then you walk in there, and sure enough, and it's like, "All right, that sucks." Then you go in the basement because it's like it's probably backing up in the basement, and you hear when you get to the top of the stairs, water falling through the ceiling and hitting the floor, and it's like what am I going to see when I go down here? Is it going to be like a foot of water? Like what, what is even happening? How is it dripping from the ceiling? I'm so lost and confused as to what's going on right now. Sure enough, water's pouring out of the ceiling in the basement. And then you go look where the, you know, the drain is and it's backing up out of the drain. It's like, this is just a disaster. So fortunately I had the wherewithal to shut the water off. Um, and then just let it kind of back up as far as it's going to back up and then no more. Uh, but yeah, it's, it was a horrible thing. And yes, it was on my birthday, which is just a terrible situation all around to have, um, when you're, <laughs> you're, it's so bad when you're like falling asleep, tired, and then you have to get up, you know, cause you got like adult responsibility, whether that be like a kid or a major house issue or like you got to leave or like you, you forgot to take the garbage out. It's like, Oh, you know, maybe you can do it like early in the morning, but if you can't, it's like, dang. Or you got to like run to the store and get some, you know, like, or like the worst ever is when I was falling asleep, I did fall asleep. My wife woke me up and she's like, Hey, I broke my toe. It's like, no, you didn't. I think you're fine. And you're like, no, like my, for some reason I felt like sitting weird where my toe was, was, you know, like you got the recliner and there's that strip 
and her foot was on top of it with the exception of like a toe for some dumb reason. And she saw a spider and freaked out and kicked and snapped her toe. And that's like what happened. So it's definitely broken. And you're sitting there like, I don't want to be a bad husband right now. But there's no way I'm getting out of this bed and getting dressed and and driving to the emergency room so that I can sit there for hours and then drive. You know, I'm I, like, th- this is not happening. So here's the thing. What do they even do for a broken toe? <laughs> you start like rationalizing. She's like, I don't know what to do. I was like, yeah, I mean, they're probably not going to do anything for a broken toe. But then you realize you have to, and it's just the pain of getting out of bed in that situation anyways. Yeah, I get up and it's like, hey, uh, my wife had to go buy a shop vac. And then I'm like up in the middle of the night vacuuming up the uh, the substances. Anyways, uh, sorry, continue. A um, couple questions for you. Yeah. Uh, did we make a mistake promoting Steno instead of promoting get, uh, Luke Getzi? So my thought on that is not really um kind of hard to tell but i mean the, the the bears are having some success but i feel like it, number 1 it's early number 2 we kind of jumped the gun at trashing steno i think the offensive line is doing some great things I, as i've said the run game is better than it's ever been so it's not like the offensive line declined. I think that's improving. I think the run game overall is improving, which has become, as Matt LaFleur said, he is now like the run game guy. That's his main thing as OC is is like the the he just does the run game. That's his whole thing. I don't I don't hardly touch it. That's all him. But the offense also has really taken off. Now Getze also with Chicago, it's starting to take off, but not necessarily in the same way. Green Bay's offense is is taken off in a more well-rounded sense. The only thing working really right now in Chicago is the running. They've got an offensive line that is built with a bunch of road graders like Tevin Jenkins. You have a running back, two two running backs. Now they're down to one, but two running backs that are, uh, you know, number one, talented, but, you know, number two, running behind a good offensive line. And then you have a really good quarterback. Now, there are some passes that are there as a result of that, but the passing game isn't really working in the same way that it's working in Green Bay. Just to some evidence of that, somebody had put on Twitter something to the effect of Jordan Love's passing yards in his two series. The Chicago Bears have only passed that many yards once the entire year. Just to contrast how bad it is. So I don't know. The, the thing is, and it's it's not just a Getsy thing, it's, it's Justin Fields thing. He has to develop as a quarterback, but the Bears have to find a way to build an offense around more than just running the ball. And they haven't really been able to do that. The Packers' offense is pretty much ready to go. They've got every, you know, they got the quarterback, the running back, the wide receivers, you know, that you want to add some things. You'd like some things to improve for sure. But it's still, although not fully formed, it's a it's a it's it's a well-rounded type of offense. So uh, I, I think a lot of credit goes to Getze for having one of the worst offenses in NFL history and finding a way to utilize the talents you have and making it what it is and and actually having an offense that's producing. But um, I, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the job that Stenovich is doing right now. I know things were looking ugly for a while, but they were in Chicago too. But um, 
you know, as much as we can give him crap about the bad stuff, we we should probably try to give him some credit for some of the good stuff. I mean, we we do have the development of Watson and Dobbs and all that. I know he's not the wide receiver guy, but he's he's still over this. Uh, the the cohesion of the offensive line, which has been a disaster for a lot of it, but they were able to mix and match and put guys in the right spots. And you know, David Bakhtiari came back, didn't miss a beat. Uh, Elton Jenkins was horrible. They moved him over to left guard. It looked like that was going to be a disaster. Now he's kind of picked it up the last couple weeks. You know, Josh Myers had a good week for first time in a while. John Runyon continues to be a great pass blocker. Had his first game, at least in a while. I don't remember um, as a as a run blocker doing a good job. And Yash, obviously, what he's been able to do again the the running backs in the running game, but also getting Watson up to speed and involved and in how to utilize him and. Uh, same with Dobbs and same with Cobb and same with everybody else. We don't have everything we need, but we found a way to have a very potent and and scary offense with the talent that we have. And a lot of that's Lafleur, and a lot of that is the other coaches. But you know, again, if we're going to dog Stenovich, we should also give him credit. So it, it's it's early, and it may come out that you know Getzey maybe would have been better, but um, I think genuinely Getzey was he was hired largely because he was a Rogers buddy and he didn't really have any ties to Matt LaFleur or his offense. And so, you know, I, I think Stenovich is more established and rooted in what this offense is. He's got a very firm understanding of it. And, and, and he just, he came up in it, you know, with the, you know, going through Shanahan's system and, and being, you know, just, just the fact that he's a run game guy too, and, and, and an offensive line guy, which is where this all kind of starts and builds out from. I don't, I don't, again, I don't want to trash Getze, but it's, what was he, like the wide receiver coach? Came back because, again, he was very close friends with Rodgers, so Rodgers wanted him back, and so he brought him in as his quarterback coach, just kind of randomly. And then by, you know, through osmosis, I guess, he just kind of picked up the offense and is now a, a Shanahan, LaFleur offense guru, and then he's implementing that over in uh, in Chicago. I understand the thought process of what Green Bay did and why they did it. I think Getzy deserves some credit, but I'm I'm still so far on the Stenovich bandwagon. I would have, you know, is getting kind of dicey a little bit, but um, things are really starting to come together. For Getzky, I don't know. Um, anyways, just thinking about that. Also, um, I saw somebody post in Bleacher Report that Jordan Love has the second biggest hands in the NFL, which I thought was just an interesting thing. Do you have any uh, resources that can fact check that? Um, I think so. Let me see who tracks that. I might be able to do that. It's actually really hard to find. Um, thought everything I've looked at so far, they don't obviously they don't care about hand size as much as forty time and everything else. But they should just have it. It's a it's just a metric they track at the combine. Well, how about this? Here's what I found: playerprofiler.com. Uh, his hand size is 10 and a half inches, which is 95th percentile. So it's, uh, very high as far as hand size goes. Last thought, um, if we do move on to love next year, do you think we keep Alan Lazard with him being a good scheme fit? Or do you think he'd have too hard of a time being the, you know, like third wide receiver probably? Um, and maybe he'd want too much. I don't know. All right. Look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, that is a tough question. There's a couple different factors, I guess. Number one is who all is staying and who's leaving. Um, 
presumably if Rodgers does leave or retire or whatever, um, that's that's one impact as far as the salary cap. And then you've got, again, a bunch of other guys who are staying and who's going. If, if we're cutting a bunch of other guys, maybe Lazard would be worth keeping. You just give him another one-year, you know, whatever deal. Um, how much money he wants is another factor. Romeo Dobbs, when he comes back, how does he look? It would be another factor. Samore Ture is another factor. Um, couldn't hurt to keep him around, but at this point, considering what he's actually producing, it's not going to be for very much. I mean, why would I pay you three, four times, five times what I'm paying Christian Watson, right? When you're producing the second best, third best, fourth best receiver on the team, you know, I mean, I don't know where he would rank, but depending on who's there, are we drafting more guys? Um, you know, w- would it be just worthwhile at this point, you know, if, if we like, you know, Dobbs and, and Watson and we want to keep somebody, well, essentially what you could do is just mentally or, or whatever, throw him into the free agency pool. And just say, if he was just a free agent amongst all the free agents, would he be the guy that you'd go get, or would you get somebody else at his price tag? Say he wants ten million or twelve million or whatever. At that value, do you want Lazard, or do you want? Some, I mean, and it's not to say that Lazard isn't a high up value. I mean, apparently it's going to be a trash um, wide receiver group in free agency next year. Plus, you know, he's got familiarity with the system. He's a good blocker. There's a lot of reasons you'd want to keep Lazard, but um, I, I would say there's a lot of different variables. It wouldn't hurt. Uh, I don't want to get too thin and put too much on just basically two, two and a half guys with Dobbs, Watson, and, and, and Ture, uh, especially considering Cobb's probably gone and, and Amari's already gone and Sammy Watkins is probably gone. You, you would lean toward keeping him, but it's not automatic. I mean, if he starts saying, I want, you know, $20 million or something crazy. It's like, all right, dude, listen, you uh, you go ahead and test the market and tell me how that goes. But um, I would lean toward yes, just because we're thin and I don't want to have to allocate any more resources. Let's focus on getting safety and and, and edge or whatever else we're, we're planning on getting. Let's make that the priority. Um, but we got to see how some of these other things play out so i'm gonna leave it at that you guys have yourselves a great night uh please 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 consider calling in 608-501-0718 doesn't have to be anything crazy whatever you think feel desire you go ahead and uh drop it in there but have a good night i'll talk to you tomorrow bye-bye